It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right, good evening, Race Chat Live fans. All right, well, Chris is on assignment. He is actually calling the race. I believe it's at Why Not Motorsports Park. Uh, he was there last night and tonight, so in the studio with me, we have got Mr. Taz. He is joining us, the crazy the crazy guy from uh, my neck of the woods up here in Broad Alban. And then we, of course, got Mr. CJ Sports. Hey, CJ, why don't you run through the list of sponsors of the show before uh, we get started here? Because we got a lot to cover in an hour and 28 minutes to do it in. And I want to make sure that I thank Carolina Sports Plus. You guys can find them on Facebook, Carolina Sports Plus. Or, um, and also, More to Music, you can find them at more, the number two, music.com. Or just go over to the site, www.the110nationsports.com, the right-hand side on any article. There's a banner. All you do is click on it. It'll take you right to your guys' location um, for all your sports, sports, sporting merchandise need over Carolina Sports Plus. And if you need a DJ getting married, uh, I might have to uh, – call you out or call call you up and uh, have you uh, make it down here to Ohio for a wedding for us. But uh, make sure Absolutely. you guys check them out at more to music, more to music.com. Uh, make sure you uh, guys give us a like on Facebook, the 110 nation sports, uh, follow us on Twitter at 110 nation. Like I said, check out the site, www.110nationsports.com. I want to thank all of those that have been tuning in as our uh, listeners continue to grow. And also those that have made it over to the sites um, from one month one to month two, we grew 12.6%. So I want to thank you guys for that and uh, help us continue to grow. Um, it's all you, Craig. All right, that's awesome. Taz, are you there? I think I'm here. You are here. You are here. Good. I got to ask you a question. I got to I gotta ask you a question. Um, you're in the catbird seat tonight, brother. I hope you brought some good stuff. I want to know what you think, because I'm going to tell you what I think. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, I probably should say the views and opinions expressed here on Race Chat Live are that solely of the host and the guest, not necessarily the, uh, not necessarily Carolina sports, but probably more to music entertainment and karaoke since I own it. Um <clears throat> Or any other or any other sponsors that we do have. I, I want to ask you this: Bubba Wallace has two contracts on the table, and, and CJ, I'll get your take on this as well. He obviously has a lot, people say, to offer, whether it's Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, or wherever he may land up, or he might stay in RPM. And Taz, you brought this point up: They're, they should have speed since it's Richard Petty Motorsports. But they, he seems to be a top. He seems to be an 11th to 20th driver at best. Do you think him staying at Richard Petty Motorsports and being probably a minority owner, no pun intended, I don't mean that negatively, negatively. But do you think that that's going to be, in your opinion, do you think that's going to be a wise move? If he, now if it. it it's hard to tell because if you think of it this way, Hendrick and I, I think it this way, Hendrick and Gordon have that, uh, have that kind of relationship where if Hen, where if Rick Hendrick were to step away, um, Jeff Gordon would be interested to take over. We could see that in the Bubba Wallace deal. If Richard Petty were to step away, um, so I could see it go that way, 
But I think for Bubba Wallace's driving career, I think he'd be better off um, being obviously appreciative for being offered part of the uh, team ownership. But I honestly believe for him, for his driving career, I think he should look into someone bigger and faster. He... He's shown that he can drive up there given, um, I mean, yeah, you can see super speedways. He's been up there, but super speedways is like playing the lottery. Unfortunately, I hate to put it that way, but it's, it's true. Um, but if you look at, um, a couple of the mile and a half racetracks that Bubba is, has really shined in. Um, obviously he's performed, but, um, especially, but Bubba has performed in short tracks in Bristol, especially, um, I think, I think if that, I think if some of these higher up teams with faster equipment than Petty, um, if they don't see that, I don't know what's wrong with them. But I'm glad that at least we know Chip Ganassi has put an offer on the table for him. And he can. And I and I heard this on Sirius today, and, it, and it's a good point. Um, whether he's at Sirius or whether he's at uh, Ganassi or he's at RPM, he can be gone at any team. Doesn't matter whether the factory's part owner. If he sees that his performance isn't good then he should do what's best for the team if he's part owner and step away. Now, do I think he will? It's hard to say. Um, But, you know, I don't see see why he's not running any better. He's getting engines and stuff from Childress. So, he should be running up there quite a bit. Well, up into the well, Childress has struggled some. Um, if you look at the past few years, in the, if you look in the past few years, they haven't been to where we used, where we've used to see them back in like the early two thousands and such like that. Um, now in the Xfinity series, we obviously have seen it. I mean, look at they're now. Uh, look at their Cup Series rookie driver, Tyler Reddick. Greatest example we I can probably use. Austin Dillon, yeah, he he's shown in the uh, lower series, walking away with championships or whatever. But in the Cup level, Austin Dillon, I'm sorry, but he's shown up at mainly the Taylor, Tyler, or Taz, you there? You must have hit the button. You put him in the chat room. I must have. There you go. There you go. He's back. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. I hit a button. I was doing oh. research. <laughs> I'm going to stay off that screen. I, think, <laughs> um, I do believe that with Childress – um, Tyler Reddick, the greatest, probably a great example I could use because I'm not take, not trying to take spotlight away from T- Austin Dillon, 
But he's yeah, he's walked away with championships in the lower series, but in the cup series, he hasn't had the success that we have seen him grow through the lower series. Um, and unfortunately, the second driver, I mean, yeah, there was Ryan Newman, but I mean, unfortunately, Ryan's kind of getting towards the end of his career. He's still, he's still got speed here and there, but, um, it's a little tough to tell, but with Reddick, um, it seems like we're seeing motivation and the speed that they, that they once had. Um, I mean, you got Reddick with two, with back to back in the last two years, Xfinity titles. Um, now he's, um, contending for a rookie of the year, unfortunately, um, if Reddick doesn't get that win, uh, that rookie of the year sadly will go to Cole Custer. Not that Custer doesn't deserve it, but it's that I think I still want to see a rookie of the year point battle instead of the whole, um, if only one rookie makes the playoffs, he, he by default wins rookie of the year. Right. CJ, what I about think, you? I see things a little bit different. Uh, one, I, I agree Austin Dill is not performing to the level that he was performing, but I think that's more of RCR dumped a lot of money into the Xfinity Series and Truck Series while the grandkids were coming through, and they both had success. Now that you're at the top level and you're not the top team, you know, there may be top five, maybe top three, but Joe Gibbs and Hendrick are the top two teams you're you're not you're playing more on a level of play field before granddaddy was throwing all that money and make your guys have the best vehicle, make you guys look good as possible and get those sponsors to go ahead and commit to what they were going to commit to. Um, when it comes to Bubba Wallace, you know, I I have mixed feelings with this whole situation because like, like I've told everybody before, that was my first cup series and he was uh, still driving the truck series at the time, but my first cup guy that I got to sit down and have a conversation with, that uh, he called me on my phone, and he gave me all the time in the world and had a lot of respect at that level. It was the night right after, it was right after he won in Kentucky the truck series race. And so a lot of history was made and everything else. Then to watch all this go on, and I feel that he just doubled down. I, I think that they screwed up. And then instead of admitting to it, this is drug out to be much more than it ever should have ever been, and he's getting rewarded for it. And so I have mixed feelings about that. But when it comes to the RPM part of this, I, I think this is the best decision because, one, you are a part owner. So regardless what happens with your career from this point forward, you're always going to be – part of the ownership that comes with RPM. Now, I know the cars have not been competitive, and I've never understood why Richard Petty, the king of NASCAR, has never had more than mediocre at best drivers in his car. I, I know I never have understood why the money was not there, why, why more sponsors were not wanting to put their name on the king, the 43 car, and that way he could afford to put better drivers in there. I've never understood that. I don't, I don't know what he's done in the past that has caused this, but I something just doesn't make sense to me on that whole aspect. But anyway, now you're part owner, no matter what happens with your career. Now, as we've seen, because this is 
I've doubled down, and he has been all in. Now Columbia's on board. Cash App's already been on board. Other sponsors are falling on in, in line for Bubble Wallace. Not necessarily so much for RPM, but wherever Bubble Wallace goes, these sponsors are going. For a driver that's maybe at best top 20 and has never won a championship, never won a race, and yet all these sponsors are falling into place. So what better scenario for him other than take this this part ownership? Now RPM is getting this money because all this money is coming in. So now the equipment is going to have to get better. Therefore, it is his opportunity to be in better equipment than what he would have gone if he would have gone to Chip Canassi or anywhere else because the money is going to be there now. And even if he is not able to perform at the level and decide to get out of the car, those sponsors are still going to feed into the 43 team. Those are his sponsors. He is part owner. Like this, no matter what, how you, this gets spun, to me, is the ultimate best situation for Bubba Wallace. And to go anywhere else, to me, would be crazy because this, you're, regardless how your career is, you're always going to be part owner. They're not going to take that back from you. So why not? And with your name now, because of all this, you're going to have money coming in there as a part owner, regardless if you're driving or not. Why would you not take this opportunity? No, and I, I agree. I mean, I think he would be foolish, especially with all the new money, newfound money behind him. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the one thing, and I and I agree with you. What is what did what did Mr. Petty do to alienate sponsors? Now, I will tell you this, and I don't know because I haven't really looked closely at the Richard Petty Motorsports cars, but the last time I looked, I thought they were running a beer sponsor. Was it Bush Coors? I know that they they had never wanted to, but I could have sworn like last year or the year before that I had seen one on the car. I don't recall. If they're not, that could be part of the – that could be part of the – that could be part of the, uh, I don't want to say issue, but hold back from top-level sponsors. Of course, we don't really have any more top-level sponsors except for M&M Mars, FedEx, and uh, Butler, yeah, but it, the, the team, Richard Petty's team, do you just think that there would be that that primary sponsor? I, I, they, we, I, in the article that I wrote, um, uh the, the the pork company the um God who was uh, Smithfield that, that's two years ago since they've had a primary sponsor and that was with Eric Amarillo um it, it's been a struggle for them and I, I just don't get it and, and if he's got certain values and, and certain things he won't tolerate and, and the alcohol and all that yes and then maybe put you back but I, I there's not that many beer companies to me or alcohol that there there are so many other businesses it just makes me I just never I've never understood it. I've never understood since he has gotten out of that car why there has not been – I mean, you would think that would be on the top three list of every driver growing up to be able to drive in Richard Petty Motorsports' vehicle. And so how there is not sponsor, better sponsors, primary sponsors, and better quality drivers. I, I don't think anybody in the car has been horrible, but they've been mediocre at best. Nobody has really ever stood out since the king himself in that car. Right, and even he didn't do well in his last couple seasons. No. So, you know, 
and his last season was 92. Catch bench than he did in the victory lane there for the last couple of years. Right. So, I mean, it'll be interesting going forward. I, I, I'm sure that Bubba is going to make a decision if the decision's not already been made and they're just holding off until after um, this weekend at the at the deadly Daytona road course. I hate to use that term, but uh, uh, that's another question I want to ask. We go to Daytona this weekend. Nobody has practice. Nobody's going to get practice. They were talking about maybe letting one car out on the track, um, and then they mixed that idea because it was an unfair advantage to the other 39 competitors or mm-hmm. 38 competitors. Uh, which I think is, which I think is a, is a good idea. Um, where do you think that that's going to? I mean, they're all going to lead under this line. Apparently, Kevin Harvick's. I haven't looked at the draw yet, <laughs> but he's he's going to be in the back. Or, I'm sorry, if he if he is in the on the pole, it could uh-huh. be. I believe, they, I believe they did some sort of. Uh, yeah, I thought Kevin Harvick did got some the sort of pole. qualifying. Mm-hmm. I think they did it through iRacing or whatever, and Harvick is on the pole for for that. Um, Interesting. Oh no! Here it is. The lineup was determined for the first time by using NASCAR's new competition-based formula, which takes into account finishing position from the previous race, ranking in team owners, and the fastest lap from the previous race. That sounds like a whole bunch of jumbo. So, so in in other words, that just sounded like a whole bunch of jumbo of I don't know what that was. That just seemed like that was very confusing. But I, I would like to know the, the uh, Vegas bet line because uh, I did see an article or I saw a uh, news clip, the fact that Haley Deegan, um, this this is a track she's run before. So I'd love to know in the ARCA series what that Vegas line is because uh, with all these drivers that are concerned of this track they've never even been on before and you got someone out there in the ARCA series that's been there, I, I wonder how that's going to fare for her. Well, while you guys are while you guys are debating that, I'm going to look it up. I'm interested. To, I, I'm curious to know, and I'm going to tell you. I, I'm going to tell you my number after I hear yours. Not over under on the cautions, but how many cautions do you think we're going to get in Saturday's race? Because it's a Saturday race, not a Sunday. E. Um. Well, I'm going to say we see eight of them. I was going to say like around ten, probably. Um. If you remember, um, I think it was this year's uh, 24-hour Daytona race. Um, I believe Kyle Busch ran in part of that. So, um, I guess you could say slight advantage for Kyle Busch. Um, But, um, and what I mentioned earlier about the whole um, new competition-based formula thing, um, if you think think of uh, dirt track racing, going to your weekly track or whatever, um, some tracks uh, do this thing called uh, handicapping. Um, basically, they take your previous results from like the last like couple weeks or whatever, and they um, basically, if you've been running more in the back, they give you a chance to run up front, see if you can do anything. 
and put some of the people that have been running up front and finishing up front, um, put them towards the back, kind of kind of do like a level, level playing field. So started doing – NASCAR's kind of implementing that, but they're doing their own formula type thing, which I guess makes sense, but I guess not really. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm kind of <laughs> iffy on that system. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it's a whole, as, as CJ said, it sounds like a whole bunch of confusion. Here's what the top five predictions are for the finish um, and the odds to go with them. Well, first off, fifth, Clint Boyer. He's a 20-to-1 odd. And here's why they gave him fifth. He leads all active drivers with 12 top fives. He could be your guy at 20-to-1 because – He's got some laps at that exact track. He said it was back in 2013. He doesn't remember those laps, but he ran the Rolex 24 and, and has some experience at the track. So his last road course win was eight years ago at Sonoma. Two years at the Roval. He was third in 18 and fourth in 19. Jimmy Johnson will be the best on. What's that? I said I'm more predicted. Jimmy Johnson will have the best odds in. Are they, they going to include? Don't, jinx, you don't jinx it. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Um, number four, uh, Brad Keselowski. He's at 12 to 1 odds. Ryan Blaney, third. That's where they figure he's going to finish. 8 to 1 odds. Uh, Chase Elliott. In the nine car, he's four to one odds. And seven times. Seven times. You want to bet? You want to bet a Circle K gift card on that? <laughs> I don't have no Circle Ks here, so uh, you'd win. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. at four to one. That's what they're saying. That's what the Vegas Line Insider dot com is saying for the Bowling Green Go Bowling. Uh, why, why is that? Right, Two thirty-five. Jimmy Johnson's done the Rolex, but he's got some experience. Why would he have a better – or why would – what's the reason the truth having the best odds? Uh, they're His not saying. His experience, I would say. Yeah, that's what he's I'm got, thinking. Got, but you know two. who's absent in that list? Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. Hey, leave my boy alone. I don't know what's going on at JGR. I mean, granted, he had a shot to win both times this weekend, but so did 38 other cars. Um, and Harvick just spanked the entire field. Yeah. But zip code on his this own. was the best. What's that? I said on a zip code of his own. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny because I was listening to Rodney Childers' interview after the race Saturday night, and he said – that oh we're going to go back to the hotel he says and you know just because we're going to have to set up the car totally different for tomorrow because of the arca race running and they use a different tire compound and a different tire altogether so it, those that gambled today will have to gamble more tomorrow those that didn't gamble enough will have to gamble a whole lot and here he comes back and he wins number he wins number five and he wins number six um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little concerned for for 
uh, the the Candyman. I mean, he's he's won by now. He's been close, but no cigar. What does he have well, to do to get that final flag of the race? Well, because it seems like if I him think, and Danica were out there, she'd beat him. No, oh, wow. Um, but I think Kyle Busch. Um, I think he'll pull off. Um, what Kevin Harvick did, I believe. Well, he might pull off what Kevin Harvick did. I think it was. I want. I could be wrong on this. I want to say 2016 or seven, probably more 2017. I would say. Um, Harvick didn't win for the longest time. Always had winning cars, but just never won until uh, late in the regular season. And all of a sudden, Harvick started becoming a driver to watch. Um, Kyle Busch could do that. Or Kyle Busch could do what Tony Stewart did in one of Stewart's championship seasons. Um, It's that never won a regular season race, but come playoff time, Kyle Busch could light the whole field up. Right, and that's what we see with that's what we see with the forty eight team too. If you notice, they get hot in late summer. Well what what part of the year are we at? We're at late summer. So you know we could by some miracle see the forty eight team, you know, pick up ahead of steam. They could, I mean, and if and if a frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its ass. But they could pull off the upset and blow Vegas right out of the water. The forty-eight team. You know, I mean, Craig, any anything is possible. You didn't like my analogy. It was it was it was almost like you knew that I had left the room and had my phone muted and couldn't speak outside this room. You got that cheap shot in while I was out of the room and couldn't speak. Um, Which cheap shot was that? I'm talking about my Kyle Bush now. Um, <laughs> and well, you know, when, to, you keep, when you sign me up we, to a bigger contract, I won't take as many shots. <laughs> we're still waiting to open up our shirts. I, I don't know why we didn't open up a shirt. I think we're waiting to go to a track. We actually got uh, uh, Brandy's youngest son and myself. We actually got Kyle Bush 2019 championship shirts. That we was going to wear to uh, the brickyards. That was supposed to be all of ours first brickyard. And thanks a lot, Corona, for ruining something else. But uh, I have all confidence. Uh, we've seen seasons like when Tony Stewart won the championship. He didn't win those races until they mattered. Um, you know, he, he made it into the playoffs. I can't remember if he won one or something to get into it. But I know he, he had to win all those races at the end of the season to uh, um, in, in the uh, – in the playoffs to, in order to uh, win that championship. And so uh, um, I have a lot of confidence that uh, Joe Gibbs Racing will uh, get things situated and we'll find Kyle Busch and Victory Lane before this year's out and be one of the top four for the championship. I think a lot of focus right now is on Denny Hamlin and the whole contract stuff. I think once that gets announced and everything gets settled down and everybody gets back to focus on what they're supposed to be focusing on, that and the whole – knowing that Eric Jones is out and um, uh, Chris Bell 
is in that, uh, of course, that takes focus and attention away from everything, and I'm sure that's got something to do with it as well. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. He should have done one race by now. I, I completely agree. Well, I hear more political things. excuses than I hear more <laughs> excuses than than I hear solutions. Um, I, I think that uh, the, there's some races that it wasn't his fault, and there's been his fair share that we usually don't see that were his fault. So um, I, I think when it matters, I think you're coming off a chain. You know, everybody talks about that uh, championship season coming off that and kind of uh, not taking things as serious as you should as the defending champion. We see that all the time in all the sports. And, you know, you, you throw that into the coronavirus and everything else, and everything is going on JGR. I'm sure there's a lot of – I agree with your guys' conversation at the same time. I, I think also there's focus elsewhere. I, I've always believed that there's going to be a Kyle Busch Motorsports in the Cup Series, and I believe he'll find himself uh, a single or if not a dual car team at some point. And so I, I think there's I think there's other things going on as well. I think this might be his last his last contract because I would assume that if he has one car, he would probably be the driver. If he has two, he'd be a part-time driver around a full-time driver. Um, or, or, you know, uh, at least have two cars, I, I would see him being out there as well. And I, I think he would like to drive for himself um, as well and be a team owner at some point. So I, I, I think we're starting to see the end of the day for him at Joe Gibbs and switching over to having his own team. Now, uh, go ahead, uh, Taz. You want to say you want to chime into that? And I want I want to hear your thoughts on that. I I don't think Kyle Busch is um, washed up by any means. Um, I just think that maybe with the, how the season's gone, I if you look at all the races before um, COVID hit and changed everything, um, the race winners would be unpredictable for the most part. I mean, take away, unless you were Joey Logano, who won, what, two races before COVID hit? Um, I mean, you could have thought each race was unpredictable because it was almost a different winner each week. So um, who who knows? Maybe Kyle Busch would have won by now had COVID not happened. But now with COVID happening, it in how things are being handled, um, you have to think of it this way. Well, Kyle Busch is not getting extra time on the track because there's no practice, right. no qualifying, no nothing. It's just show up with what you got and make adjustments on the fly. Um, and unfortunately, and this is where we have seen Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick uh, shine under that. And that's how they're winning so much. And they've been the best to do it, and that's why they are where they are right now. Um, maybe maybe Kyle Busch isn't 100% used to it. Um, I think he's – I think after this weekend, um, I think his him and his team are starting to get there um, for sure. Is just going to come down to can he get up to the front quick enough um, before Harvick and Hamlin shine through at this rate? 
Well, right now we're talking about Kyle Busch in points. Right now he's sitting ninth. So when they start the playoffs next week, because he's going to make it, um, he's going to be seated 12th. Which is, you know, not the best, but certainly he's not seated 16th. And I, I believe that, you know, their, their big their big thing with Kyle Busch is that he does a lot of things based off of what his practice is. He's able to tell um, his crew chief, what is his name, Adam? Oh, I can't think. Um, he's able to tell him, you know, hey, this is what my car needs. And then they make the adjustments and they go from there. So I think that uh, without the uh, without the practice, you're definitely, and, and you alluded to this point, he's definitely struggling. He's definitely struggling with, uh, with the no qualifying and no practice. We could sit here and debate. We could sit here and debate Kyle Busch's season all night long, but I want to turn the focus to somebody else, and it's not even in the Cup Series. And I don't, Taz, I think you might know where I'm going with this. Uh, over in the Truck Season, Truck Series. Oh, by the way, Spencer Davis is eligible to race this weekend. Uh, he passed his two subsequent COVID tests. So is he is able to race this weekend at Daytona. He pulled a, a Jimmy thing. Johnson. Yes. And they yeah. have actually, they have actually, um, NASCAR, I was listening to, I think it was trading paint earlier today on my way to the doctors. And they have, NASCAR's kind of changed up their philosophy on, when you fail your first COVID test. And by the way, NASCAR race chat live fans is the safest sport when it comes to, uh, is the best sport for the COVID test. Um, if you, any of you guys follow baseball, uh, if memory serves me right, it was 16 Cardinal players that tested positive. So, cause there's no way to keep them separated, but they change your policy. And if they get a failed policy, they can go to a doctor that is NASCAR sanctioned once they think that um, they have they no longer have the virus and they can be examined by a NASCAR affiliated doctor and then it is up to them to uh, whether or not they whether or not they clear them, which is pretty interesting, and it kind of throws away the whole you have to have two two negative tests in order to race the next week. So maybe they're anticipating maybe they're anticipating more positives in the next couple of weeks. Um, that's you know, quite interesting as far as I'm concerned. What's your take on that? 
I mean, I think, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, NASCAR has been the the sport to look at when it comes to having um, professional athletes or professional whatever people want to call it. I call them athletes because of, well, I have my reasons for it. We all have our reasons for it. But they, they were obviously the first national sport to um, – to get back out to some kind of normalcy. Um, obviously, um, lately we've had sports um, stay in the bubble, and if we call it that way, and there's ba- then there's baseball who been doing, which seems like so far isn't working, but they're still pushing for it. Um, but if you look at the sports, that stayed in the bubble um, because if you think about it, NASCAR kind of did that way. They stayed around the Carolinas um, to start, uh, make sure everything was fine um, and whatnot. And, of course, when they could branch out to different tracks based upon each state's COVID situation, um, that's when they took advantage and branched out. So it, so I do believe NASCAR was the sport that everyone had their eyes on. Like, how did they handle this? Which way did they go? Because um, I'm pretty sure every other national sport looked into this. Like, obviously, NBA, NHL, um, even both uh, – the National Women's Soccer League and Major League Soccer, they're all in a bubble. And um, when the Women's Soccer League, they had no issues, no positive tests at all when they did their little bubble um, thing. Um, MLS, I don't think they had any issues. Um, NHL, so far, they haven't had any issues. Um, I'm not sure about NBA. I haven't heard of anything, so I'm assuming nothing wrong there. And, but if you, you look at major league baseball, they're struggling. I mean, there's COVID cases popping up, but they're still playing. And they're not even using the bubble system. No, they're traveling. So, I mean, they're not, they're not doing the bubble system like every other sport has tried. And, I mean, yes, you could say NASCAR now is traveling, but they started with a with a with I guess you could say a bubble system in their own right. Right, because they stayed within, like you said, the Carolinas, and they ran. Now I want to ask you something, and this was this was something interesting, and I've and I've actually thought about this over the last probably year or two, <clears throat> and I'll use New Hampshire as an example because everybody's using Michigan last week's race Um, because all they did with last week's race was shorten it a little bit. What do they need to do to, and I'll use Charlotte as an example, the Coke 600, huge event every year. Oh, except for this year, huge event every year. 
The second race at Charlotte before the Roval, attendance was off. Now they throw in the Roval, attendance skyrockets. Daytona. Go ahead, CJ. Well, when it comes to Charlotte, and I just just want to add my two cents because Charlotte. Well, there's a change order, so please be careful. (laughs) Yeah, um, because I lived in North Carolina, I I got to visit Charlotte more than any other track. Most of the time, it was from a fan perspective. Um, I only got to do media-wise once or twice. But, um, one, when you talk about the Coca-Cola 600, I I don't know how it looked on TV, but every year it it dwindled. It was not anything like it used to be. Um, And it kind of shocked me from the first time I was there, uh, when I was still in the military, to the last – I was there last year. Um, it just showed up in my memory as uh, I took my son. It was one of the last things I did that summer before I moved back. Um, and, and so the the attendance has, has kind of dwindled off. So um, if you want my opinion when it comes to the actual race itself, there are certain tracks that only hold my attention for a certain amount of time. And Charlotte is one of those tracks. Um, as much as I love going there because it was convenient, it was right there with media, or I won tickets, or I got good deals on tickets, or I had a buddy that took me to the all-star race. I, one reason or another, I, I visited that track more than any other track. So I went all the time. But when it comes to actually the quality of the race, most of the time that was one of those tracks that if one guy dominated the race, like the last time I was there and Martin Truex led like 99% of the lap, one person dominated the race. And that was the only thing I didn't like about that track is usually you had one or two drivers that just almost lapped the entire field. And there's a few tracks that are like that that don't hold my attention because it usually gets drawn out. One person dominates the race. Um, I, I think the only race I can remember that actually was close was the year Harvick actually happened to win that year with 600. And Dale Jr. actually took the white flag as the leader and ran out of gas. And it was funny because the whole stadium, or the, the whole uh, the crowd is erupted. Like, they're just crazy on their feet. And here I got uh, the hi, how are you doing, one finger salute going on because I did not want Jr. to win that race. And then when they came back around, I'm the only one doing the, the Ric Flair. Woo! Um, as uh, I was the one that realized the Harvard came around and won the race and uh, Junior had ran out of gas that lap. Um, so that was the only race I recall, ever recall actually being close. All the rest of the races have been really a, a one- or two-car show, and that's really been it. Uh, Kentucky's been another track traditionally. There's a few others that don't hold my attention. So when you run a track like that twice a year, you're only going to get so much support for race that is really not honestly that interesting of a race. It happens to be a local track and a convenience for you. Um, I feel that Kentucky fans felt that way for a while. Is that it's Kentucky. I mean, it's convenience right here. It's middle of nowhere. I've been there probably five, six times myself, but most of the time you had Keselowski lead most of the laps. You had uh, Bush lead most of the laps. Like usually one person kind of dominated the race on that one.
Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was I muted myself. <laughs> so, do you think that changing it like they did with the Roval helped I Charlotte think, tremendously? I think having one Roval and one regular, I think, would be more beneficial. You don't get the same repeti- uh, repetition over and over and over twice a year, every year. Um, and I'm a night right night race person, so. Of course, it being the Memorial Day weekend and it being a night race and it being a Sunday night race, it draws more of a, more of a crowd than the day race that it does um, earlier. Well, actually, I think later in the year. Um, actually, I had never been to the day race. I've only, And I've been to Charlotte probably about 10 races, and I've always been to the night race. Um, that, that's, that's just crazy to think about. But anyway, um, I think it'll help. I, I think um, – have one because there's so much strategy in these road races now. They, they it's really kind of changed. You know, you you had the ringers for a while, and that was kind of a different thing, and it factored into the race. But now, people these teams being strategical and, and counting backwards down, and just different in the whole um, the, uh, stages and the points and everything. It just changed the whole road course aspect, um, and so more people were intrigued with those anyway. But then. You have now two different races versus just watching the same race twice. I, I think that that helps. All right. So now here, let me ask you an interesting question, and I want to get both of your opinions on this. How are they going to – they're talking about because the Bush Clash is set or whatever it's called because they change the name every couple of years um, – the glorified all-star race to start the season. They base that off of poll winners for in the previous season, plus past champions and yada, yada, yada. Well, now that we're giving polls based on finishes in previous races and owner points and whatever Taz explained earlier that still confuses the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> make make with this year being the 2020 season the way it's been and it's been all out of whack. Let's kick off 2021. Let it be an open invitation. Any team that's got the money that wants to spend the money to be out there for a race that there's no point race, let them be out there. But you know, one, it's it's good quality seat time. You know, you're, there's going to be rule changes and everything else. So this really helps every driver out there, especially not knowing how the season is going to go and if there's going to be qualifying practice. And this is really your opportunity to get kind of our free practice in regardless. But let's make it an open invite. Let's let's kick the season out. All the rules have been out the door this year. We're racing races, <laughs> track back-to-back days where a whole bunch of things that we've never done before, middle of the week, six times a week, whatever. Let's, let's, let's do 2021 the same way. Let's just kind of throw it all out the window. Let's, hey, open invite. If you, you want to be out there and, and you want to kick this season off, let's since everything was out of whack in 2020, here's your here's your chance. If you want to you want to have your hand, uh, name in the hat, then come on. All right. So here's here's what was brought up earlier today, and I kind of like this idea, and I'm trying to look to see how many cars will be in that open. But they were talking about doing it by stage wins. Okay. What do you do that too? So I like that. If they did that. If they did that, you'd have Harvick, Hamlin, 
Kozlowski, Logano, Elliott, Blaney, Truex, Bowman, Dylan. I'm sorry, not Dylan. Doesn't winning a race count as a stage win? I mean, I know it's not a stage, but uh, it is a stage. No. Third. No, it's That's not a stage. Point. That's the end of the race. Well, he should still be included if he won the race. So. Ah, uh, well, yeah, quite possibly. Um, Almarola. I mean, you're two stage Kyle wins, then you, you can't have winner winners. You can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Well, no, I agree with you. But <laughs> so right now we're up to 13 cars. Okay, then you How have Byron. What's that? Uh, traditionally, how many on average do they have? I think right around 20. Okay. So if, if that's the case, right now we're up to 13. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're going to put Bubba Wallace in it just because it's PC. <laughs> of course. Because, um, you know, you don't want to piss off them people. They don't want to piss off the politically correct. Then you're going to have, you know, Recky Stenhouse. He's going to be in it because he's got a stage win. Um, And then that's it. So you're going to have roughly about 19 19 cars. (laughs) Yeah, because he's a stage winner now. I mean, he's more of a car wrecker than he is stage winner. But so he'll have a chance to wreck 19 other cars. Yeah. But that's what they're talking about. They're talking about doing stage winners and previous winners. And that would make it interesting. But I like your theory, too. Previous winners of the uh, the, the Bush Clash? Yep, previous winners of the Bush Clash and one or two previous winners from the year before that are already in on stage. Is there, is there anybody that's not mentioned so far that is – even possibility that's one of Bush class to be in there? Uh, if Johnson no. drives, if Johnson drives the first race of the season, I always, he's got to yeah. be in the clash. If he comes back, if he comes Only back for, for Daytona, class. right? Well, but I mean that makes it doing a partial season. Anyway, if he does do a partial season, Daytona will be definitely one he'll go to. Oh God, yeah, that and Charlotte. That yeah. and Charlotte. Oh, yeah. But I mean I, I gotta I gotta mention Mike must be looking down, shaking his head. If I could hear him if I could hear Mike mumble one more time to tell me how disappointed he is in Ryan Priest, I'd probably <laughs> give my left nut. Because just he was always so high on Ryan Priest because Ryan Priest was a was a Long Island kid, and we all know well, that. Not only that, he got him. He got Ryan Priest on the show and got me an opportunity to uh, talk to him when they ran in Myrtle Beach. So and, you know, it, 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 kind of, it kind of became a thing with us. So you know, kind of like you and your infatuation with Haley Deegan. No, I have no factuation with Haley Deegan. I, I don't understand no, I don't. all that. She's not, she's not accomplished anything that no other female driver so far at this level has accomplished. So I, I don't understand. And it's funny because she placed second at Daytona, which everybody complimented. But then Natalie Decker in the truck series had a top five, and everybody talked about, well, it's Daytona. 
So you complement Deegan for finishing second at Daytona in the ARCA series, but you talk down about Natalie Decker because she was top five in the truck series. I don't, I don't understand the fans. I, trust me, I, I'm not on the Haley, uh, Haley Deegan bandwagon. All right, let's switch gears and we're done. Well, I want to, because I brought this up and then we got away from it. But we got we got our buddy, Mr. Freeze. I don't know. He, right now he's sitting 14th or 16th in points in the truck series. Um, he was doing far better last year than he was this year. I'm wondering if part of it was the um, – I'm guessing part of it was the manufacturer switch from Chevy to Toyota. But what do they have to do at Halmar Friesen or, and Kyle Busch with their with – their, um, sorry, the cat just had an attitude. Um, what do they have to do to turn this season around? I mean, because – this season is pretty much. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. It seems. Well, the the big the biggest thing, and I will say it right now, stages. The bonus point with them getting the. They've had some good finishes. Problem is, they're not getting their stage wins or stage points. It's kind, and we're now seeing that if you're not. If you're not winning races, um, you're not winning races, and you're not getting the stage points, the stage bonus points. It's gonna hurt you. Um, you can you can always consistently finish in the top ten. You could let's say let's say you could finish. Um, what is it? They run twenty three races and what seven of those? So probably about. We're going to say around – I'm just going to ball, throw it out there. Let's say 15. Okay, 15 regular season races out of 23, 26, however many races they actually run. But you can run out of those 15, you can finish in the top 10 like 10 times and be like, yeah, we did pretty well. We ran there. But where have you finished in terms of the stages to help you get those bonus points? Where have you it, – it's – if you don't have the wins, but you have the finishes, but you don't have the stage points that kind of boost you, it's going to kill you. And we're seeing it because he's – he hasn't had the stage points to help him out. And I – and unfortunately, I think this is just a rebuild year being new manufactured, new everything. Um, but from what I've heard is that, um, it, no one was given the boot in terms of reason leaving Chevy and ending his GMS alliance and all this. I, I guess Friesen wanted to do all, all, wanted to start on his own kind of which is why he went Toyota and went Kyle Busch. Um, but given that how Kyle Busch and his team has done in the truck series, if you take away last year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go against teaming up with them at all. 
But being that this year the truck series is so competitive, it you really need to be consistent from green to checkers because the stage points are just going to help you. And unfortunately, Friesen hasn't really been right there in the stages to kind of boost him. Well, he's also only got one top five. Um, He's got one top five. He's only led 16 laps. He's got two DNFs and four top tens. And, you know, I was hoping that he was going to be able to join us tonight. Last last week, I sent him a text message right away, and uh, but I hadn't heard back from him. And I didn't think I would because he's he's so busy. I mean, tomorrow night he runs Albany, Saratoga. And then Saturday, you know, he can sleep in his own bed Friday night. And then he heads to uh, Fonda on Saturday. And then Sunday he's down and, you know, he's down and he flies out into Daytona. So I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure that we would hear from him tonight. But you know, with that being said, he's sitting. He's, when they start the regulars, when they start the playoffs, he's going to be fifteenth because everybody's doing sixteen cars in the playoffs. You know, I, truck's I is doing like ten. This. Trucks doing ten. Truck is trucks are ten. Well, then he better get off his he better get off his ass and get on that steering wheel and. And wheel that truck around because his entire season depends on it. Not that his fan base is going to ride him too bad. Um, matter of fact, I watched his wreck from last week, and I commented on something. I don't know. I I know you had seen the post, but I don't remember what my exact comment was. But it does look like he got turned just a tad. I just I, I don't know what he's gonna what they have to do to. You know, turn their year around, but they're gonna have to do something. I mean, he's got to win, or he's not gonna get in. And that's sad seeing how he went from a second place team last year to um, a Kyle Busch Motorsports Alliance this year, and he's not gonna make the playoffs. Put him in a dirt car, and he drives that thing like he's trying to uh, run over a bunch of protesters except for when his wife almost beat him. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know. I'm interested to know who you guys think is going to, not, not necessarily because of the Vegas line that we talked about earlier with Martin Truex Jr., but this is an unknown going into Daytona this weekend. I'm curious to uh, hear who each one of you got who you think. And I, I, I know CJ, he's got to go to bed because he's got to be up at three because he's got to be to work at five. But um, that's why I'm doing this now and not at 9.15. But who are your picks for the weekend as in the Cup Series? And we'll start with CJ since he's got to grab his binky and go to bed. <laughs> Supposed to be there at four. Most days, no, I don't make it until five o'clock, but most nights I'm lucky to get off until between eight and 11 o'clock at night. So um, the goal is to be in a four o'clock tomorrow morning. So yeah, it is going to be a, a, a quick night here. Um, hell, I'm going to go Kyle Busch. Um, I, I think oh, how did I know? The, I think part of the reason that we're seeing what we've seen now of Kyle Busch with everything going on 
is also people are a creature of nature. In other words, they have this certain routine. They have a certain way they do things. Um, a prime example, I, I drive in, in two different, actually, um, for those that don't know and for those that have forgot, about a year ago at this point, uh, Ohio was hit with pretty pretty bad tornadoes. We were we, Dayton was really messed up. And I drive by one of these buildings. It looked like it was about the size of a school, but I don't know if it was a school or not, that was damaged and it was all taped up and everything. I drive by that every morning. And granted, it's 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, so it's dark, but still, I don't know for how many weeks, maybe even months, since it was actually demolished, that I realized that the building was there no more. And the same thing with, um, there was another spot, and I forget the top of my head. Oh, the trains. Um, out, out front of my store, there's trains. There's a bunch of tracks. There's <clears throat> probably about 10 different rows, but there's one or two that you actually travel the rest of them for storage. And for the whole time I've been there, there's always been like three or four rows. And then all of a sudden I noticed there's only like five carts left. I have no idea how long all these other rows have been gone. Like I just never pay attention. And it's right in front of my store. And then I was curious to how long it would take those five cars. And then the next day I know they're gone. I have no no idea how long they've been gone either. Um, to, to Back to my point, though, people are, are a, a creature of nature. Like, they, they do the same routines. They do the same thing. And I think that is part of why, uh, and amongst many of the reasons for uh, uh, freezing, but when you disrupt everything, I, I think that it takes a while to adjusting. And we've seen Kyle Bush over the weeks getting more and more competitive. Um, and re- recently, some of this stuff has not been his fault. If it be mechanical or involved with someone else's stuff, for the most part, not everything. But it's gotten better, and he's been more competitive. And I, I think he's finding his way. Um, and so you go into this road course where it's – going to be out of routine regardless so you're you're more on a, a different level playing field and i've always felt that kyle bush can drive anything anywhere and so with that mentality and nobody else really knew anything about this whole road course i think that gives kyle bush uh, uh, an edge that he's not had in a while because of everything being changed up all right Taz, what about you um I, with, with it being a Daytona road course, um, obviously some drivers, um, they have races before, whether if it was this year earlier, if they had the chance to race at the, uh, 24 hour race, like I believe Kyle Busch did this year. I might be wrong. It was, if it wasn't this year, then it was last year. Um, but, um, like, you mentioned earlier, Craig, uh, Boyer has had time on this course a few, number a few years ago. Um, but I honest, I honestly think, um, even though it's a new track, um, I still see, um, some road course drivers, um, come out. Um, so if I were to pick, um, I can't pick one driver. I'm at a toss up between three drivers. Um, I'm going with Chase Elliott as one of them being that 
He's won at Watkins Glen twice. He's won the Charlotte Roval once. And, I mean, he when he won the Roval, he got – he was involved in his own little, came from the back and won the darn thing. So we know the kid can drive on road course situations. Um, Truex, he's done, he's had really good finishes and some wins in road course uh, type deals. And I hate to say it, but we could see Kevin Harvick right up there again. I hope not. I hope not either, but it, unfortunately, we, it's kind of becoming a realist thing now. Yeah, because he's the realest driver in the room. I, honestly, I mean, I I, 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 I echo your sentiments about Chase Elliott, but and, and Clint Boyer, sentimental pick would be Jimmy Johnson. It's the first time we've ever run it. And I, I would like to see him I would like to see him too as a fan, but I I wanna see forms on this track because um we know he could run at a road course. We know this year he's got the car to show that he can he can win. It's just putting the final he, he's kinda like Kyle Bush this year. You gotta put the final pieces together to get that final flag. Right. And, uh, I mean, sentimental, I want him to do it. But uh, my heart of heart tells me that um, my heart of heart tells me it's not going to be him. It's going to be it's going to be a toss-up between Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, and if if you're going to put my feet to the fire, I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. You would. I just think that – what's that? I said you would. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's the most stout driver at at JGR. I think that – Kyle's issues are what we stated earlier. He's got no practice. You can do all the simulation races you want, but at the end of the day, you, you, he, he's one of those drivers that needs the practice to be able to tell Adam what he needs in his race car. It's, they're all going in blind. They're all hitting that first turn blind just like they did at the Roval. They're all hitting it blind, even though they had practice in qualifying when the Roval first started, but they all hit it blind, and one of them went into the tire barrier. Why? Because it was Kyle Larson, was it not? Went into the tire barrier on the first lap, leading the field to turn one. I think it was if Keselowski. Not... I, 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 know, I know on a restart, I think it was Keselowski. I want to say. But uh, they're going into this blind. Kyle's got no practice. He relies on practice and qualifying to make adjustments to his to his car. And lo and behold, I I think that he's going to he's going to fail again. 
but not miserably. I think you'll. I think Kyle will have a top ten finish, but I think your winner is going to be a JGR car. But it's not going to be Kyle. It's going to be Denny. And you know, I'm sorry, CJ, but I've already signed my contract and sent it back, so you're stuck with me for another season. <laughs> you ain't sorry. <laughs> well, no, because if I can get Denny rubs, or if I can get Kyle rubs in, you know. Um, and I think you're right. I think he's positioning himself for for a um, his own team. And I think he's when his when his contract is up again, he's gonna go and he's gonna he's already started positioning for his own team for the for the. Um, for that year, for that next year, and that's what he's focused on. And I'll bet you dollars to donuts that he take his crew chief with him. I think he'll be a satellite satellite team of Joe Gibbs. Like I think he'll get equipment for Joe Gibbs racing. I don't think they'll make it all themselves. No, I think he'll be a satellite team. So I think he'll always have his, his connection with Joe Gibbs Racing, and therefore he'll always have top-notch drivers because whoever J, uh, JGR ain't got room for, they're going to go into Kyle Busch's uh, ride. And and so I, I think that this this could be a very good thing for him and make him look really well. So. So, but you know that's that's all. And uh, before we get out of here, because we only got a couple of minutes, Hitori Motorsports, which is the 16 that Austin Hill drives in the Gander Outdoor Series, I don't remember hearing much about that team until a couple of years ago, and they won the championship with uh, Mr. Pornstash himself, Brett Moffat. But they seem to be a pretty stout team and a team that you need to pay attention to. That they do. You know, and I... You know, I just just think that, you know, for a little-known team three, four years ago that won a championship... Excuse me. To uh, uh, a title contender every year, mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to touch on something real quick. And, and, and CJ, I want to thank you for uh, sharing it. I've obviously, I mean, I shared it on the one ten page, and, and I'm not. I believe I shared it on the Race Chat Live page. But um, I will be undergoing surgery Monday, September 14th. Um, Pretty major. And I've got to have the top portion of my left lung taken out. But I plan, if all goes well, as crazy as this sounds, of being on the show that week even if I got to do it from the hospital myself. Um, just because 
you know. Well, we'll see. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but that is my plan. But I, I believe that I shared the GoFundMe. You shared it. Um, you know, I'm going to be out of work six to six to eight weeks. Now the oncologist said earlier today, I could be out for as up to uh, three months. God, I hope not. Um, I didn't do well three months with my heart surgery. So, but, um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of an adventure for a couple of weeks until I heal. But I guess I should have never started smoking 35 years ago. (laughs) But they said it wouldn't matter and I probably would have got it anyway. But, um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a surgery, and uh, I just hope the hospital food is good. <laughs> if not, I'll be calling in favors for I'll be calling in favors for McDonald's, Taco Bell, and uh, Moe's. <laughs> I don't know the weekend the weekend I spent in the hospital. I got that right back in December. Uh, the food was pretty good. I was rather uh, pleasantly surprised. So uh, who knows. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of the top medical hospitals in the it's one of the top medical hospitals in in the state. Oh, real funny! I, the, when we met with the oncologist, was it last week? Came out with yeah, the oncologist is telling me about the uh, about the surgeon, and he says, "Well, he's pretty good." <laughs> I said, "Pretty good." <laughs> I don't want nobody touching me that's pretty good. You know, as in my mind, I'm thinking pretty good as a, as a backyard, you know, mechanic. Yeah. Or pretty good as an ARCA driver. I want, I want, you know, I want a bubble wallet. I want a, I want a big time uh, surgeon touching me. And he goes, well, Craig, he's the head of the cardiothoracic team. I went, oh, okay. All right, he'll work. But it was, it, yeah, you know, just give me, you know what, give me, the, give me the dope addict down the road. I mean, if he's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I'll take somebody from Broad Albin, New York. They got to be pretty good at surgery. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll take that Taz from Broad Albin. He's got to be pretty good. Uh, I'm the last person you want surgery or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this week getting back to the races, this weekend's going to be, this weekend's going to be interesting. It's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Stuart, if he doesn't explain this to us real quick um, about this bounty Honda that he's got on his head. So, um, it was, oh shoot, I couldn't tell you the date. I would say about, I would say about a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was, um, Friesen won a race, um, and they've been mentioning, oh, every time Friesen's shown up to Fonda, he's won, and except for one race. Um, that went to Jeff Hetzler, but that's because Stewart wasn't there due to uh, NASCAR truck racing conflicts. Um, 
But basically, um, Mimi Lazaro, who put it all together, um, said, well, we have two races left. Let's throw a bounty together. Who can beat Stuart Friesen? Because Friesen's undefeated every time he's shown up to the track this year. Who can be the guy to knock him off? Well, the first night they did it, um, obviously didn't go that well. Uh, mind you, the bounty did start at 100 bucks from uh, Mimi Lazaro. And because of sponsorship and fans um, putting money in, um, I think the first night that the bounty was in place, I think they were looking at like a little over 1300 Um, from what I've last heard, we are now up to 1400 for this Saturday. Um, the bounty rules are Stuart has to finish the race and I think he has to be in the lead lap. Um, if, if Friesen breaks for some odd reason, uh, the bounty's off. What? What? Hold, hold on. You're gonna tell me if you don't win the race, but because of something happens, it don't count. Like a win is a win. Like it don't matter how you win the game or how you win the race. A win is a win. That what? I I think it's trying to get drivers to actually beat them straight up. I don't like that. Like that's, that makes no sense to me. If something happens, especially him bringing the best equipment, because he's got more, probably more money. Everybody's coming there. Like if he, something breaks, something breaks. That's like saying we, we go to the final race of the season and we get in halfway through the race and one of the top four drivers, engine blows. Well, no, we got to do this over. That don't count because, his engine broke. It's not because, you know, no, that's no, no, no. So if the bounty's off, what are they doing with the money that they raised? Cause I know, well, I know a charity they could donate it to. Um, it says here, I got the uh, link pulled up. Um, if the, Either A, Stuart wins, or B, the bounty's not claimed properly. Um, They're splitting the money in half. Um, If Friesen wins, he gets half the money, uh, while the other half goes to um, a charity called Crossroads Center for Children, which is an autism awareness establishment in Schenectady, New York, um, where... Stewart and Jess's uh, son Parker uh, has attended. Um, I don't think they announced about the part where if Stewart doesn't win, but he, but the bounty is off. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that half that Stuart would have won had he won, had he actually won the race. Um, 
I don't know if it's going to go towards the track or if they're going to still give it to Stewart or if they're just going to say 100% funds go to the center. Oh, okay. Well, that's a worthwhile charity, though. That's I a still like it. Like, I, I think a win is a win. Like, that, I, <laughs> that doesn't sit well with me. Like, hang up tell me just because his car broke down. Like, what were we, What's the stipulation? Like, what is the word like down the last two laps and he blows a motor? Like, does that still not credit the person to win because Stewart's actually out of the race? Like, I, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> this is going to bug me. I don't like this. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand all I know about it. That's why I was, I was curious as to what the steps were. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the chance of Stewart. Losing at Fonda would be like the chances of Danica or Ricky Stenhouse winning another race. He's not. Well, I mean, Stuart in order for him to, to hold off. Well, you can't say Ricky. Ricky's managed to pull off with three wins somehow. I mean, yeah, well, that was my mirror. Off the Dylan. I don't know how they managed to pull these off. Okay, well, about as much as Cole Custer has got about winning another race. <laughs> well, you know, Stewart, you guys, these guys, you can, uh, illegitimate son is going to win another race. You know, he's he's going to fall into the Hendrick Motorsports at some point. That's 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 look at him. <laughs> Looks just like Hendrick. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely it'll definitely be interesting. I'll be I'll be waiting to see your report Saturday night if you are there. Track. I don't know if you're going. Well, I'm unfortunately, to go to, rafting. well, unfortunately, due to wonderful New York circumstances are under our also precious, wonderful leader of Governor Cuomo. <laughs> I hope you could sense the wonderful sarcasm in that one. Yes, sir. Um, oh, wait a minute. You <laughs> can go to motorcycle racing at Unadilla. Huh. You can do that. Schools can open up. Well, you can't go to a gym, and you can't go to a racetrack. But, uh, no, for Stuart on Saturday, um, being that this Saturday is the last points race for Fonda, um, Stuart's going to be not only going to be trying to hold off someone for that bounty, he's going to be gunning for a track championship. Um, He is currently six points behind the points leader. And the last time Stuart Friesen has won a track championship for the Modifieds at Fonda was in 2015. So he has to finish. Um, If Stuart wins, he has to hope to God the points leader, who is Michael Maresca right now. Mind you, Maresca has no feature wins this year. Um, Maresca has if Stewart wins, Maresca has to be one spot behind him in order to clinch that championship. If Stewart wins and Maresca is third or farther back, um, Stewart's your champion. Now, what happens if Maresca blows a motor? Does it not count? I'm trying to understand the rules and stipulations to this whole bounty thing and the points here. Well, being that, well, Saturday is just ready. I, I get it, but. There's no way to answer that question. What? 
Let's just put it this way. If Maresca blows a motor, his his chance of winning a championship are slim to none. There you go. Basically, I'm sorry. I'm just never getting over this whole stipulation thing. Like, to me, a win is a win. I don't care how you do it. Like, you know, like, so this is just going to be weird to me. But But, anyway, uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to your report and whatever you post on the Race Chat Live page. Are you going to get it on Dirt Track TV? Most likely. Okay. Make sure you take some screenshots because this old guy will be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) This old guy will be sleeping because he's got to get up at 3 a.m. on Friday. Uh, Before I forget, before we get out of here, CJ, give a list of sponsors one more time. Uh, Don't forget to check out. I'll do this one. Don't forget to check out more two music. On Facebook, morechimusic.com, that's M-M, that's M, I can't even spell my own last name, M-O-O-R-E, the number two, music.com. And uh, if you're looking to book an event, if you want me to travel to Ohio, CJ, to do your wedding, absolutely, but you better have a place for me to crash. <laughs> gotcha. I um, also want to and, thank uh, Carolyn. Sports Plus, you guys can find them on Facebook, Carolina Sports Plus, and also go to our site, www.the110nationsports.com. On the right-hand side, you'll find more than music and Carolina Sports Plus and um, um, Craig Moore's uh, GoFundMe um, banner on the right-hand side. Just click it and uh, help support these uh, different businesses and causes as they help us. Absolutely. Taz, you work uh, – what do you got going on this weekend? I know Caroga Creek. Are you flagging for them? Uh, yeah, I've been uh turn three flagger for them since the very start of the season. So I'll be back there this Saturday with the normal full racing card on the schedule. Nice. And if we don't go whitewater rafting – because I'm trying to uh, expand my horizons. If we don't go whitewater rafting, I actually might come to uh, Caroga, and i got to talk to Tommy and see if he'll let me in. Um, and then I'll take some pictures, and we can post them up on the Race Chat Live page and maybe get some interviews with uh, some of the kids. But that's all I've got. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. The race chat live, Chris. Just want to let you know we did it. We did it without you. It wasn't easy. Um, <laughs> my voice actually hurts a little bit, but I made sure that I let everybody talk at least ten ten seconds or more. Uh, <laughs> but want to thank you guys for tuning in. CJ, your show is coming up what night? Monday night, eight o'clock, right here on the One Ten Nation Sports Radio Network. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we'll be back here with you next week. We'll be talking about Daytona. We'll be talking about Fonda. We'll be talking local dirt racing and so much more. Until then, remember, be good to one another and uh, take care of yourselves. Well, thank you, ladies.